Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Hi, lads. Thanks for tuning into the podcast again. Don't forget to like and subscribe and head over to the Patreon to contribute and help us out. Thanks a million and enjoy the podcast. <laughs> Hello everybody and welcome back to the Tonaris podcast. We're on tour, we're in a beautiful little retreat, little spa spot up the Deacon, Beacon is it? Beautiful spot in Wexford and uh, I'm James and as always joined by my good friend Timmy Long. Hi everyone. Just want to let us know what right, we're doing um, in Wexford Tim. We're actually, I'm actually going to read out Stevie's bio from his website because um, he's after accomplishing so much in his own life. So mm, okay. uh, Stevie J is an entrepreneur and results consultant from our Ireland, who built 13 successful health clubs by the age of 25, employing 65 staff with 550 monthly clients. Stevie was awarded international franchise out of 5,000 businesses globally for his business success. For 18 years, Stevie has dedicated his time mentoring business owners, entrepreneurs, companies, teams, professional athletes, recording artists and those with ambition to win and do better in business and life. Stevie J became the first ever person in Ireland to complete an epic journey of 100 marathons in 100 days. That's amazing. Fair play. In 2016, he completed another epic adventure running the entire country of Ireland, setting a new world record in the process of 60 ultra marathons in 60 days. You know, that is amazing. Like, you know, something like that is just, yeah. it's amazing for another human being to be able to accomplish something like that in the body. Yeah. And I'd say overcoming the physical ego, that voice inside in the back of your head saying, no, no, it's time to give up. Stop. You know, mm-hmm. do you know, how, how, how does somebody actually accomplish something like that? No, we'll get into other stuff, but. How does that even happen, Stevie? Well, the funny thing is that all began at a retreat that, yeah. that we were running down in a place called Coolbon Key in uh, County Tipperary. Uh, and it's a good number of years ago, so it is. And there was a man there at it, and he was called uh, Larry Maguire. And we were doing, we were doing a visioning process. I know that you guys are into meditation and mm-hmm. doing visualization and stuff. We do actually a process. It's a visioning process. And we brought everybody through the visioning process. And I stepped outside then after the visioning process and Larry came outside and he was like, he was all shook up, you know, he was like, he was buzzing, you know. And I says, Larry, he says, you know, I says, something, what's happened? He says, I just got a reoccurring vision and I got a reoccurring vision. He says, I'd like to run a hundred marathons in a hundred days. 
And I says, wow, he says, that there's, that's very big. And he says, yeah, he says, I wanted to do it because my sister died whenever she was only six years of age and the family didn't know what she died of. And obviously that created a lot of trauma within the family. And he, and he wanted to do this as part of the healing process and part of giving back. And I said, I'm right. I says, and I could see it was very important to him. Mm. I never thought anything of this at all at myself. Mm. Sometimes this is the way life works or God works. I never thought anything of it. So I said, you know, this is very important. Do you come up and see me in two weeks in RMA? So we come up two weeks later to see me in RMA. And we're sitting down around the table. I have like a little round table. If you're up there, you'll be, you'll be at it. And we're sitting at the table and he started talking again. And next thing I got this flashing Im- image and it was just like, bang. And I could see this flashing image of myself running. And I was running down past, there's a place in Armagh called The Mall. And I was running down the, the Mall and I had long hair and a beard. And I had a red t-shirt. At that time, I didn't have long hair or a beard. I had a red t-shirt, but I had no long hair and beard. But the, the vision was so strong. And at that time, when I was working with people, I was working with people a lot. And particularly a lot of entrepreneurs, a lot of business owners, and a lot of people under high pressure. Because it was not far after the recession at the time. And your intuition had to be pretty good, if you know what I mean, because there was trouble around every corner, really, you know. And um, my intuition was really good at the time. And I would have got this buzz up the back of my spine. So this buzz up the back of my spine, this flashing image into my mind. And as soon as I seen that, I was like, Phew. and I says, Larry, I says, I'm going to run these 100 marathons with you. 100 days. Obviously, then I had to go home and ask my wife to make sure it was okay. You know what I mean? Like, but I got the rubber stamp of approval there, and it was okay. But it came so strong, and I hadn't run anything at that time. I remember back in 2005 around 10 miles and uh, laying the couch for six hours after it and I told everybody about it. I don't mean to brag about it for weeks. You know what I mean? Like, I know, yeah. But like, I never, and, but you know, I had been working that much at that time with the energy and with the power and with life and, and had went through my own different experiences and had helped a lot of people with their experiences and been helping people I suppose daily with life and business and yeah. all of their experiences. So it become accustomed to Mm-hmm. working with the life and the energy, you know. Mm-hmm. And a lot of people, this, this, this is something I want to say, you know, a lot of people think, you know, only if I could believe in myself, only if I could believe in myself, I could do it, you know. Mm-hmm. And I was that gay for a long time. But I realized through the work that I was doing that that wasn't actually the answer at all, that the answer was to believe and witness in life, mm-hmm. you know, because I don't need to believe in myself because I'm here, but believe in what life can do. Because if life can do something for somebody else, it can do it for you too. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And, and I had been so convinced at that, that time with that because I'd seen so many transformations and I'd seen so many different representations of life transforming people mm-hmm. that, you know, that I knew that I was witnessing magic and miracles. So when it came to me in a flash in that way, I said yes. And what I was saying yes to it, it within myself, I was saying yes to this plan that God had for me, you know. And I can remember not too long before that that I had asked God, to help me to help more people because I was sick and tired of just thinking about myself mm-hmm. and I had to think about myself and I had to think about my family because things were very challenged at that time you know what I mean there was a big like everything was up wow and then everything was just down and then dealing and then being able to deal with all that and then dealing with all the people through them situations so I've been through some challenging things and and I knew what it felt like so I just said yes and I went for it and um I, I ran 100 marathons in 100 days and we raised the money for uh, children that had critical and terminal illness. Mm-hmm. Laurie, unfortunately, wasn't able to run. He got some injuries throughout the process and maybe he was under more stress than he was. But he accomplished what he wanted to accomplish because we set up the foundation and we had lots of children that had terminal and critical illnesses. Mm-hmm. And some of them children aren't alive today with us, you know. Yeah. But the, the, the spirit of them and, and, 
and what we were doing is continues on even through the work that we do in Belarus as well too you know that's amazing so that's how that began that's how the running began the running journey began you were talking there about you know like first of all it's amazing that somebody can actually do that you know what I mean it's unbelievable it's hard to get your head around because I was laughing when you were talking about running the 10 mile I feel we're doing a coach the 5k and work and I did a 5k on the treadmill in 30 minutes and 40 seconds of the day I was delighted you know what I mean then I meet somebody two days later the 100 marathons and 100 days I feel like a little boy now again you know but um, I saw it's amazing but it just make me think like you know maybe 10k is not far around the corner 15k 20k all these things but how do you get to that place like what was um what, what like what's your background where did you go up and, and what was it like what, maybe some of the experiences that shaped you to kind of get that mental strength and um awareness i suppose yeah a well, we all know, well, I suppose my, my childhood for me in the beginning was very happy and it was great and it was all good and it was joy. And we always have the other challenges that we all grew up with and things yeah. that you're not really aware of that's going on and going around you. But when it came, started coming into the, probably the teenage years, it became really, really challenging. So it did, you know. And yeah. I think it's part of, I think part of it too is when you're a child, you know, you see everything going on and this party is like, you know, I want to change things. Mm. I want to make things better. Uh, I don't want to be like the way everyone else is yeah. around me. I think I think a lot of us come to that stage coming into our early teenage years, mm. if you know what I mean. Like, mm. there's that stage of of change, and maybe before that, you're like, you know, I, I want to change things. We grow up, and then there's a point where it kind of society or life can kind of tend to weigh down on you. Mm. You know, the child is this great bubbling yeah. life, great bubbling energy, yeah. curious, wants to get into everything. Yeah. But then there seems to be this, oh, right? And like, you know, when you are that child, it, it like I'm looking at this man here too, he smiles, it's like bouncing off, mm-hmm. you know, it can bounce off you when you're that, you know, yeah. when you're that, when you've got that energy, you're that. But there's times then too, when things happen, you don't expect to happen. Mm-hmm. Uh, or you're let down by certain things or things are meant to happen that don't do think, happen. Do you think you that, that innocence that a child has and these ambitions, I want to be an astronaut, mm-hmm. a firefighter, right. a football player, but as you mature and you come into your teenage years, the realities of life, you know, the maturity kind of, and like if you're living in a situation where there's violence or um, mm-hmm. poverty or drug use, mm-hmm. do you think that that kind of can kill the spirit? It definitely can. I think our environment does have an effect on us. There's no point in saying that it, that it, that it doesn't, you know. Mm. And it definitely does have an it definitely does have an effect on us. And like even me, like I grew up during the troubles in mm. in the north, like and like you know we to me wouldn't think it doesn't really have an effect on you. But whenever you go away and you go away somewhere else, or you look back, mm. or you look at <clears throat> you know the way you do things, or mm. or whatever it is, or you do you do know and you can see that these things do affect and. Um, I suppose I had those dark times for a long time myself, really, where mm-hmm. I didn't want to live, if you know what I mean, for mm-hmm. like maybe about seven odd years or so. Mm-hmm. And uh, I came to the point where I was either going to live or I was going to die, you know. Mm-hmm. And and thank God I choose, I choose to live. Yeah. And I think, you know, a lot of people can be, you know, tough and all of it, but most people are afraid to live, really, you see. Yeah. Most people are really afraid to reveal themselves, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. You're brave, but maybe just not brave enough to, like, you know, let yourself get out there and live. And I was talking about that, that, oh, it comes down as, as a child, we kind of recognize, oh, we want to change that as I grow up. But as the effect of the teenager and maybe not having the strength that it kind of can wane down sometimes, it depends on everyone's situation. Mm-hmm. But on myself, yes, it would very tough 
dark times for a long time, didn't want to be in, on, mm. on, on the planet for a long time. And maybe sometimes, you know, now later in my life, I think myself, you know, that's God maybe preparing you yeah. to do better things and to do strong, to do stronger things and do greater things, you know. And then, you know, you can have that thing where it's, it's all about you and it's you against the world. And we've all had that, like, you know what I mean? And you're battling, you're fighting against the world and like, you never fucking win, like, <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, it's, it's ongoing battle. And like, so what do you do? Do you know what I mean? You have to go through that, them really difficult times, that adversity, really to come out and get that awareness and say, do you know what? Where do I go from here? Like, my life, do I want to keep going like this and be miserable and hating myself and be depressed and have no future because I'm looking at my past, you know? And then that has to happen. It's that you're at a, a turning point then in your life where you can say, no, this isn't for me. I'm going this way. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. that's what happened to me. Mm. I know it happened James and it certainly happened you mm. you know it's it's a vital point I think most people actually go through that in their lives you know um, and you can either keep going the way you are all the time or you can just say no this isn't for me anymore because you have the awareness you do get that glimpse of awareness where are you going to keep going or not you know so it, it's a critical yeah, point I in remember, anybody's life I remember when I was in the throes of addiction there was a fella from our area that would have used with us and I didn't see him for about 12 months. And next he arrived and, um, he looked like a shiny penny. He'd been through rehab and he looked like he was driving a car. He was working. He looked a different man. He, in his presence, he was different. He was settled. He was content, sober, with heart, like how the fuck. And I remember thinking, fuck it. You know, I'd love, I, I'd love if life, I'd, I'd love if I could have what he have, you know, but eventually I did get the belief that, yeah, I could do it. Did you have a kind of, and you were kind of talking about that a while ago, like, like we always want, you know, if life give it to other people, they can give it to me. But you have to get to a place where you actually kind of believe that and take a leap of faith. Did you have like similar experience to that and maybe what led to your kind of change? Yeah. My first transformation was, you know, yourself, you go through many different mm. transformations, if you know what I mean. But my first one from, I suppose, feeling the way it would have been was I couldn't feel anything. You understand? Yeah. <clears throat> so I couldn't feel anything or wouldn't allow myself to feel anything. So there'd be, you could laugh, but you wouldn't no longer laugh hysterically. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, but you would never cry. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. You were just hard as a stone, mm-hmm. hard as a rock. And I suppose that's not really life, like, is it? No. Do you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And then this part of you recognizes that. And for me, um, I said a prayer and I, and I asked, and I asked what I knew of God to come into my life, genuinely. And because I wasn't doing a great job of it. Mm. So I wasn't, you know. And within 30 seconds, everything changed. And um, I, I was shown the way. Yeah. And, I, and I could see um, that, you know, the success was there in the future. Mm. But I didn't know how. Mm. And then I went back into the fear and I asked, what, 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 what how, what, how? Mm. And then I got, you don't need to know how. It just can. Just take the just steps. Can, yeah. Just take the steps. And it was like, for me, right? It was like, when I came out of that uh, apartment room, and it was like, everything that I wanted was just right around the corner. You know that mm. feeling of excited expectation? Mm. Like everything that you want is just right around the corner. Mm. And it was like a promise that, that you'd have this. Mm. This would be for you. And then, and then just share the message. Like, mm. Mm. And, yeah. Anything that comes up along the way, then it's just, you just keep the blinkers on. I always use this analogy. It's like when a horse is going left or go right, you know, their owners put a set of blinkers on them to keep them down the straight road, you know, and 
in my own life, I use that for a lot of stuff that goes, not, let's not say wrong, just doesn't go my way. You know, I keep the blinkers on and I just leave these problems left and right and just bounce okay. off me and I follow my path and I keep going down my path, you know. But um, going back to a little bit there, like these, all the gyms you had, you were 13 gyms at the age of 25 years of age, you were... You were, uh, you, you won an award for being an entrepreneur, you know, globally. I think it was through five, 5,000 businesses. Like, you, how did someone accomplish that? Like, what, it, like, when did it all start happening for you, Stevie? So, so, so I was in the room and I, yeah. and I said the prayer and, yeah. and God came into, like, basically, I seen the vision and yeah. I had got the feeling and I know it was alive. Yeah. And it became, I'd have been like, you know, I'd have been the last gate at the end of the date, at the end of the bar, talking to everybody else. Mm. Nobody else what it really was to talk to that with me, mm. if you know what I mean. And still up late the, the next morning or wherever else, it was to be in the life and soul of the party. Yeah. Because I was now able to express myself. Whereas before it was always good. It was everything was always good. It's good. It's everything's good. But the thing was, is you're trapped yeah. and you're not free. So then it started to become freer. Now, not totally, completely, because everything happens in stages. Mm. And as it became, the number one thing, the one thing that I wanted more than anything else was I wanted somebody in my life that I could love and would love me for who I was, right? And what I wanted was a girlfriend. Mm. Do you know what I mean? And like somebody to be with me. Mm. And like within six weeks, time I met that, I met that yeah. girl who yeah. I'm married to now, who's my wife and we have three children yeah. and everything together, you know? And so for me at that time, <clears throat> it was enough for me to know that, you know, what's your, everything's for you really, like, do you know what I mean? Life really is for you, like, mm -hmm. and whenever you see, I, for myself, I've seen all the places where I had hid before in the past, and I re recognize that, gosh, I was a person that decided to hide. It was me that decided to hide. Mm -hmm. It was me that decided to just wanted to fit in, that just wanted to stay here, that, and then it says, no, 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 I'm ready to live, like, yeah. and then because it's ready to live, then everything that was for me in my life could then come for you. Do you think about this? If, so most people are trying to fit in in life, right? So they read magazines for tips. Well, maybe not now, but we used to read magazines for tips on how to fit in in life, right? Or, you know, or the, the, they're maybe looking at social media for how to fit in and how to... But here, Jesus, you know what I mean? Stand out. You're not here to fit in because, you know, if, if you're trying to fit in everybody else, then, then what's your life, what's for you, yeah. mm. nobody's living it yeah. because you're trying to fit in with other people. And it's like, is that... Allowing that expression of life to know then that this is your life and there'll never be another life like this and it's now and we mightn't be here tomorrow. Yeah. And then it starts spilling on from that. And I so I, I began to enjoy my time and, and enjoy my time with my girlfriend that time with Catherine and enjoy life and I really enjoyed life. And I got a, a couple of books, but I didn't read them all. And uh, I can remember then, you know, my tune changed so much. I read a book called um it was called Retire Young, Retire Rich by Robert Kiyosaki. And it took me six weeks to read that book. Me and Catherine stayed in the same apartment. It took me six weeks to read that book. Because I, I, before that, I'd forgotten how to write my name. Mm -hmm. Right? And I read it. But I wanted to make sure if I was reading something and doing something, because I didn't like school, like, you know what I mean? But if I was reading something and doing something, I wanted to make sure I was going to retain it and it was going to go in. Sometimes people think, oh, I can't read it. If you can take slow down and read one book and take your time about it and get in what it's saying and it's good for you and it goes in there, then it really helps. And I read a couple of stories about people that had, were in similar situations and, and they had then got themselves on, on track and they'd start to do well and do well financially and, and become financially free eventually stuff. And I thought, well, that sounds good, doesn't it? Like, you know what I mean? Um, and because it started to change my attunement, then I went into, I went into work and, uh, 
I remember there was a guy there who was a taper. I was a painter and decorator by trade from when I was 14. And this guy was a taper and he taped the joints. You know, he taped the joints between the, the, the sheet wrap and stuff. And um, I said to him, this, this is about a year and a half after I had, I had said the prayer. And I started saving money too after I said the prayer. I started saving half of my money and spending half of my money. Whereas before I spent all of my money, right? Mm-hmm. Now I started saving half of my money, right? Cause, and I got, and I was, the first thing that I done too was after those 30 days was I was sober for 30 days. Mm-hmm. Completely sober for 30 days. Now I wasn't a wild raging addict myself, yeah. but I was a hard drinker. Yeah. I drank six nights a week or whatever it was and I was partying a bit of crack, but I was sober for 30 days. And then, Within that time period, I met Catherine and everything else. But then time went on. It was a giant time, and I read that book. And I went into the job, and uh, your mom was there. I was taping the joints, and I, and I said, "Well, what's the crack with you?" And he says to me, "Oh, he says you're not seeing me next week." And I says, "Why?" He says, "I'm opening up a gym." He says, "For men only." And I thought, "Men, that's a bit strange. Men only like a gym mm. for men only. Like it's a bit strange. Like you know." Yeah. And he says, "What men only?" <laughs> and he goes, "Ah, he says I'm basing it this concept that's a workout uh, and for women. It's called curves." For women only. And as soon as he said that, bang, the penny dropped to me. Because when I left Ireland, and I'd been away from Ireland maybe about four and a half years at this stage, but when I left Ireland, there was not, you couldn't buy a bottle of water in the shop. You couldn't buy a sandwich in the shop. The only time you'd see a sandwich for sale that I ever seen was the, was the Gaelic football match. Mm. You'd always buy the burger rather than buying the sandwich, wouldn't you? Yeah. You couldn't buy a bottle of water. And the only thing was, in where I was from, in my mind at that time, I'm sure there was other things for people, but in my mind at that time, the only thing was for, for ladies at a certain age was bingo and mass. Mm. So I had 14 aunties. Do you know what I mean? On my mother, on one side, my mother's side. And I was like, but sure, all they have is bingo and mass, like, and I was very passionate about exercise mm. because it helped me through my difficult times. It made me a better person. Do you know when you exercise and you, you're yeah. stronger, he's all the way. I can see it. These yeah. very fit, strong-looking lads. Yeah. It makes you feel better, and yeah. it makes you feel better than yourself. And I knew that anyway. And I'd always would have brought people to the gym because they wanted to feel better or do do different things. You know. So we we went back home then. We took a leap of faith, and the money I'd saved because I was going to go out on my own. To, uh, for painting and decorating I actually work with my man Pat McKenna and Pat McKenna actually comes with us now to Belarus he came here to the retreat in this mission he still lives in America and he's coming to walk um, the four peaks for the oh, Super U yeah. the Super U is not for profit organisation that we run and Belarus is the charity that we run for AODP uh, which is a full full charity which is a full voluntary charity you know mm-hmm. but um, we, uh, me and Catherine came back here and then we, we set up the first curves in Uri and uh, it had to work and because it had to work, it worked. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, and then from that, we won an international franchise and we just kept setting up more of them. That's unbelievable. You know? yeah. well, been about, I'd have been about 20, I was 25 when I started setting them up. Yeah. I was about 27, come 28 with yeah. them done. Yeah. Yeah. Can you, sorry, James. I was just going to say, there's something popped up there. You spoke a little bit about the, 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 the charity in Belarus. Can you speak a small bit more about that? Because oh, I think yeah. that's very important. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. You know? um, yeah, but it's a, uh, it's funny kind of Belarus because it also ties into run with me as well too. We used to run a group uh, down in Dublin called the High Achievers Club. Mm-hmm. Had another business partner had Declan Lai and Declan's with us in the Super U. We used to run a club called the High Achievers Club and it was for business owners and entrepreneurs mostly. And we ran in Castle Knock. And this night, uh, there was a girl called Caroline McGrory and she was, um, she was going out to Chernobyl with children of Chernobyl. Um, cause that's where Belarus is. Mm, Chernobyl yeah. is known more famously, but yeah. that's actually Belarus, the country. Yeah. Chernobyl is part of it, you know. And uh, she came back and she showed us a video and it was Christmas time. 
and she showed us this video and it was all the kids and there wasn't a dray in the house. Everybody was crying because it was very heart-wrenching. And at that time, I was training for the marathons. This was December 2012 or 2013. And I was starting to train, get ready for, mm. for running the marathons. And uh, we're having a Christmas dinner. And I had committed to run five miles every day as part of my training for 30 days in a row. And this was maybe the 21st night or something. And it was like 11 o'clock at night. Everybody was eating their Christmas dinner. I was down eating Christmas dinner. Asked no point in going out there for a run. They're saying, and he's like, oh, no, I'll go out for a run. And I was out going for the run. And I thought, myself, I'm out here running. And I measured a half mile around the car park to do the run. And I was out running. It was miserable. It was wet. And it was cold. And I was like, what am I doing out here? Like, they're all in there. Like, all the people that I work with are all in there, all sitting having mm-hmm. lunch, all having a few mm-hmm. drinks, all having a bit of crack. What am I doing sitting out here? Like, you know, running around here. And the, and the next thing, the, the, the children, the, the children came to me, the children of Chernobyl came to me, the, the vision of them. And it reminded me that I had the ability to do this, that I had two legs, whereas they maybe didn't have the use of their legs, or their eyes or anything else. And when I was training, and you know yourself, training is tough, and especially mm-hmm. when you're training for 100 marathons or you're training for like 40 miles, I ran 40 miles a day when I've done ultra, ultra marathons, which is 63 kilometers a day. When you train for that type of stuff, like you're going to have tough times. <clears throat> you're going to have times when you hit the wall. You're going to have times when you want to give up. You're going to have times when it's really fucking sore. Mm-hmm. Do you know what I mean? Like, And every time that I was getting the pain so hard and so tough. The images of these children from Belarus would come to my mind or, or Laura McGuire and who I never met who died as a young child. But the, the, the idea of them and then the, and with they and their lives and then me looking at my life and I was like, she's like, I'm so blessed to have my life. Like, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? I'm so blessed to even have this body and what, what, what I can do with it, you know? And, uh, <clears throat> That, that was the beginning of, that was the beginning really of that. So the thing is, that was the first year when I ran the 100 marathons in 100 days. Now, the way things work is always amazing. Then the next year, um, I'll not go into the story because it's quite long, but the next year, I, I didn't know what to do, but I, and I panicked for a while, but then I remembered and I asked God, what will I do? Guide me here. And 10 days later, I woke up and it, all it said was, it said, keep on running, run the whole way around Ireland. Now, you must remember, I ran three for three and a half months, right? Mm. So I didn't want to run for three and a half months anymore, right? And I missed the kids a bit as well. Who like so? I ran for that length. I said, I don't only want to run for like two months, but I said, keep running, keep running, run the whole way around Ireland. So I was like, I've nothing else that came to me other than that. So my son walked into the room and he said, Ben, I says, uh, I'm going to run. I says, uh, six ultra marathons. I says, I'm going to run the whole way around Ireland for sixty days. I says, will I run forty miles a day or will I run fifty miles a day? And he says, Daddy, run 50 miles, or run 40 miles a day. And I goes, right, good man, Ben, thank God for that. Like, right? <laughs> so I went on that, and I says, right, well, sure, I'll, I'll, I'll do that then. And, and I says, right, and I just went with it. Yeah. Do you know, and I can't even remember the question you asked me, but anyhow. Yeah. But it just says, I just went with it. And, and when I just went, I just went with it. Uh, then everything came together. And um, a man, uh, John Boyle, I know John Boyle a long time, and John Boyle owns Boyle Sports, and John Boyle, I got talking to John, he came to me to contact him, and I phoned him up. And uh, I hadn't talked to him. I'd interviewed him years ago, and it was called Conversation with a Billionaire. And uh, I, hadn't, I hadn't talked to him a long time. And uh, then I was telling him what I'd done. I'd run 100 marathons, 100 days. And he goes, Jesus, come up, he says, and I'll interview you. So I went up for him to interview me. But I knew I was telling him. I said to him, and I, t- I told him I'd done. I said, well, now this is what I'm going to do. I'm going to run the whole way around Ireland. I'm going to run 60 ultra marathons in 60 days. I'm run the whole way around Ireland. And uh, um, he says to me, look, he says, can you come up tomorrow? And I says, yeah, of course you come up tomorrow. <laughs> so I went back up the next day and there was a, him and an old man in the room. And the old man in the room was um, a man called Tom McEnany. 
and uh, Tom is a is a media consultant, you know, and he was helping he was helping out, and he was to help everything out and sort and help everything out. And uh, but what ended up happening? John sponsored me, which covered a lot of the expenses, and he put Tom on board to help me as well too. But I later found out that Tom actually had a charity called AODP mm-hmm. that he had been running for 20 odd years at that stage or maybe 18 years that stage now 22 years now him and his family going out to Belarus every year he went out as a young journalist and he started giving them Christmas presents mm-hmm. then once he started giving them Christmas presents he says he could not go back and true whenever the boom times he had loads of people out helping but when the recession came it was only then him and his family and he never really mentioned it to me but then when he did mention it to me then I was like it's like, this is amazing because mm. of these Belarus children. The synchronicity. Like, exactly. Yeah. And then the following year, I knew that I was going to be going. But the following year, right, the following year, I knew I was going to be going to Belarus, right? But I'd also raced against a horse because I'd been running up the road and I was breathing like a horse for the running. And I was throttling like a horse for the running. And it was coming to me that I should race against a horse. Oh, and uh, in the second year, you see, with the run I'd done, I'd done for autism for children with autism and we also opened the centre in Armagh for, for adults that had autism and um, uh, so it was coming to me but I'd always ask for sometimes you're not sure so I'd always ask for signs so I'd ask for three signs I'm not asking anybody I'm just asking for three signs and then if the signs come we'll follow it so we were I was invited to the barbecue and a man called Sean says to me he says you know he says our Navy says he really loves horses he says he says all the autism children he says they really love horses and I said, well, you just give me a sign. I said, I don't know what it is. So uh, I raced against the horse anyway. And I raced against six because you can't be cruel to the horse over 24 hours. And I'd, uh, we'd done a big thing locally. So yeah. we'd asked a lot of people for money and sponsorship and all this type of stuff. And it was coming into October time now. And I knew it was going to go into Belarus. And I got into the kitchen and I got really sad because... I'd already asked a lot of people for money and I was like, oh, there's going to be a limit to the amount of money I'm going to be able to raise here. And I got sad for about a moment and then I remembered. And then they asked again for help. And 30 seconds later, I had 16 names on a piece of, on a piece of paper, right? And those names whittled down to 10 and 10 people joined me and went to Belarus and went and helped Tom and his family and revamped the whole thing back up again. Mm-hmm. And then the following year with more people and the following year with more people. Mm. And this year, our goal is to bring 65 people to Belarus. And we've got 25 or 6 confirmed, James, isn't it? Mm. Yeah, it's unbelievable. And through everything, you're always always thinking about who can I help with this, Mm. you know what I mean? It's like, Mm. this is the goal and this is what I want to achieve and uh, push myself. But who can I help in the meantime, you know what I mean? Who can benefit from it, you know? But can I ask about the practicalities of running those distances? Like, how's your body coping? Like, injuries, uh, eating as many calories as you need? Like maybe strain with your wife, I don't know, like, can you tell us about the practicalities of it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, it, it, um, there's, there's challenges with it, there's challenges with it, and then you see, because you mentioned then with the wife as well too, so start with that one. Okay, yeah. That's the important one. That's the important one. Well, thank God my wife had plenty of patience. I mean, I get plenty of credos for saying that now, you see. So, I think, I think men like us are giving women like that. To be honest, oh, yeah, because I, women, I don't you know, women, women. <laughs> yeah, but true. Well, do you see? Do you see? Any, do you see if anyone's having like rows at home or a challenge at home? 
go for a run definitely because you see but if you go for a long run you go for an 18 mile run I can remember going for an 18 mile run and you maybe a bit of an argy bargy or maybe not getting on great before it or whatever right mm, yeah. seeing you come back from that 18 mile run you don't have any enemies because <laughs> <laughs> you're not fit to have any enemies you fucking lo- you love everybody everyone's your friend yeah. you're like Especially to bed afterwards, yeah. Everything's bored out of you. <laughs> All the badness is bored out of you. So it's good for it's good for yeah. I think it's good for a relationship in that way. We, we, yeah. we found it good in that way for a relationship. It could be challenging as well too, because time and, and different mm. things like that. But I found I found it good in that way. It helped me maybe work through things and work through different stresses that you have yourself, mm. whatever. It helps give a bit of space. Mm. And also you've prolonged period of time, but um when you have something to focus on, your life's easier, isn't it? Like, mm. you know, when you're going for something, you got to go all in. We call it, you got to play a full out. You got to give it everything that you've got. Mm. And when you're giving something everything that you've got, then your focus is on that. Yeah. And, but I think also too, if it helps, uh, empathy helps as well too. If mm. you have an understanding of empathy, yeah. it helps as well too, you know. Mm. And if your battle's too hard against the world, then you get really hurt mm. when you're out there. And I found myself that, you know, from a practical point is to keep everything light and easy and free, James. Yeah. And I changed my footwear so you can see him wearing these. Yeah. I'll show them here at the camera. Like these are barefoot shoes. These are innovate light. So there's pretty much no, yeah. there's no padding or real sole in them. And I would have worked on my feet to spread my feet. Yeah. And I would have changed the style of how I ran. I got Katrina McKiernan to, to show me chi running. Yeah. And I changed my running. And I also changed my breathing. I didn't change my breathing all time. I was running around Ireland the second year, mm. but it was a good job that it did because in the very first day of me running 40 miles, I pissed blood on mile 27, like a oh. pure nosebleed, just like pure blood coming out of me, coming out of me, like Fuck. on mile 27. And if I hadn't been doing the training that we do within the retreats, like particularly the mental toughness tools, eh, I wouldn't have survived. Mm. I, I wouldn't have been able to do it. But also too, in the understanding, the people understanding, like, you know, there's three levels of, there's three planes of creation. Do you know what I mean? So you've got the spiritual realm, right? Which is the highest plane, which is the unseen. And, and you know, sometimes people argue with the spirituality because they might have had a bad experience through religion or whatever. Like, mm. But that doesn't mean that it, that it doesn't exist. It totally exists and it's there for all of us. And it's really, spirituality is the, is the higher ideal. And if you think about everything even that we see here now, and like the gear you guys have is amazing here. Thanks. It's like everything that we see was just once a thought, an idea, a picture in the mind of man or woman. And then it's held with emotions and it's created, you know. Uh, when I went to school, I went to school with a lot of priests and a lot of brothers. So I did up in St. Pat's and Armagh. And they used to always say to us, you know, you're a co-creator. Do you know you're a co-creator? Like a co-creator? What do you mean, what's a co-creator? And they'd be saying, that means you create with God, right? That was means, but that means you create with energy. You create with life. So you're a co-creator. So nothing really else can be created except through human beings. Mm. Like a cow doesn't jump out of the ditch and go, you know what, I've got a great idea. <laughs> you know, that's only for a human being. Like, uh, yeah. it, it doesn't have yeah. a thing, right? But the challenge too, oftentimes is, and I want to say this too, is oftentimes the challenge is, is that a lot of things that people consume, like I was talking about the magazines earlier yeah. on, the magazines, the TV, too much social media, whatever it is. It's okay if you're watching consciously or doing something consciously, but a lot of people watch unconscious, unconsciously and they don't understand that all of those movies and advertisements and things in there are there to make you feel inferior. Yeah. Because whatever you believe about yourself becomes the greatest self-fulfilling prophecy. Mm. But the truth about you is, is like we were talking about Sammy Run or whatever it is, and I'm looking at you, you used to, but I used to run that, no problem as well too. But I would really say that anybody could, because you see, I wasn't really making a big deal about me. 
it was really a big deal about the energy and the power. Mm. And that energy and that power flows through every single salary one of us. <laughs> Sometimes I explain to people like this, you take a 50 watt light bulb, right? And you plug it into the electric. Does the electric cure? No, the light doesn't give a flying fuck. Mm-hmm. Take it out, plug in a 100 watt light bulb, you'll have more light. Mm-hmm. And the energy is the same. Mm-hmm. That idea that we have of ourselves and that we hold in the screen of our mind of ourselves, you know what I mean, that we, that we allow, that's the only idea that the energy can flow to. Mm-hmm. And if you begin telling yourself now, you begin, to begin telling yourself now, yes, I can do it. Yes, I can work with this energy. Yes, I can have a great life. Yes, I can move it forward. Then that's all, that's all it needs because mm-hmm. that's permission. So I talk about God a lot, but that's permission for the energy. That's permission for God because you're a co-creator. You've got free will. Do you yeah. know what I mean? Like, yeah, yeah, and yeah. so sometimes it's a good idea to hand that free will over to the higher power if you can't figure it out yourself. Do you know what I mean? And sometimes yeah. it's a good idea to use it to get yourself out of a situation. That analogy about the light bulb was fa- brilliant. Yeah. That, like, just, if I can use the word illuminated. Illuminated. It's, <laughs> it's, 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 it's just got me thinking, like, you know, because... I'm James, right? I'm the same person I was 10 years ago, as in, like, I'm made up of all the same molecules, carbon, DNA and everything. But I was, I had very self-limiting beliefs about who I was, what I could ever achieve, you know? I could never work my relationship with employment and females, and I could never have a stable relationship or drive because convictions and all these things, I was never going to... Um, but now I feel like I've limitless. I, I've, I've no limits on anything and I have good achievements along the way and I'm not finished yet. But it's the same thing. But it's all I did was change the light bulb really yeah. with the help of some people. Yeah. But it's the, the same energy. Yeah. I just gave it more space to brighten, you know, so yeah. that was fucking, I got a huge understanding when yeah. you said that there. I was like, yeah. that explains it's like, it. It's like the energy, like uh, my understanding of it is, is if you give your energy thinking, you give thinking is energy. You're giving it away. If you're giving it away to something that happened in the past, or you're visualizing a future, and um, with your past self in that future, it's not. And you're you're, you're anxious because it's not going to work. Mm. It's about, and I know this now from experience. It's about not giving that energy away to that negative thinking and holding on to creation and just I've. Been that, I've had that belief. I was a few years ago there when I really came on my own journey. I said, Yes, what will I be? Will I be a doctor? Do you know what will I be? Because I had that creation within mm. me, I could have actually been whatever I wanted yeah. to be. Yeah, I actually believed I could be anything I wanted to be. Mm. You know, and I have a belief now that I can do absolutely whatever I want to be once I keep my blinkers on and I keep them on and I keep my path mm. and I keep moving down that path. Mm. You know, yeah, yeah, and and there's things, and and that's true, and there's like that's like the step. This you guys are talking, but it's like we used to run a program. It used to be a one day program. It was called um, there was three steps in it, you know, and so the first one was awaken from the hypnotic slumber, and that's awakening from the lay, yeah. and the lay is that you're the lay is that you're not good enough, and the lay is that you can't do this, that, and the other, and, every, and you have to be in Hollywood to be able to do all these things, right? Mm-hmm. That's the lay, right? And you awaken from the lay, and then you met with the truth, and the truth is, Jesus, you could do anything, right? Mm-hmm. But then the second step then after that is be your authentic self. And being your authentic self is, well, there's certain gifts and talents that you have. There's certain things that you love to do. Do you know what I mean? That you'd be really good at doing. And then that's to go with that. And then the third step is, is moving forward with, with, uh, with absolute certainty, absolute certainty with it. And as you move with the certainty with it, then you get the, the reinforcement mm, yeah. because it starts, because it, because it starts happening. Yeah. There's a wee poem, uh, it's from James Allen, 1903, and he says, um, Dream lofty dreams, and as you dream, you shall become. The bird waits in the egg, 
the oak sleeps in the acorn, and in the highest vision a waking angel stirs. Your circumstances may be uncongenial, but they shall not long remain so if you but perceive an ideal and strive to reach it. James Allen, 1803. So it's like, it's that same idea. It's like, like where is life? Life is in, life is in you. Life is in you. Life is in the person that's watching this. This is life. And now it is like, what do you want to apply to it? What would you love to do? And if you ask yourself, what would I love to do? What would I, and, and it's not kind of like, what would I love? Sometimes people, the thing they're picking to love is Hollywood. But what would I love to do? How would I love to serve? How would I love to give? How would I love to be? And that is you. Yeah. That is your highest order. That is you. And as we're doing that, then everything else just falls into place. Mm. It just falls into place. You know, somebody that has had a really, really difficult life. Yeah. Right? A lot of trauma as a child, a lot of trauma and abuse or whatever else. And then teenage years, addiction, you know, and then they get into recovery, right? From all the substances and alcohol and whatever else. Mm-hmm. But they have that feeling of self, poor self-worth, mm-hmm. no self-esteem, no confidence, because drugs and drink gave them all these things when they ran it, and they didn't want to lose it, so they stayed on drugs and drink and all that for all their lives. What advice would you give to somebody that is in recovery, or wants recovery, and they just need, they just need, need to escape the feelings of unworthiness and, and a lack and all these things? Okay, mm. so the, the, the first thing I would say is it's hard enough in life you go through hard things and you go through tough times, right? And you go through pain. And pain often doesn't, there is no choice with pain. But then there's suffering. And sometimes people are suffering and they have a choice not to suffer because the pain's not no longer there. They're doing the pain to themselves. And it's understanding, maybe if it helps understanding, like a lot of people that still are suffering and giving themselves the pain through whatever way. They might be away from substances, but they might still be giving themselves the suffering and the pain through a story. And mm. um, that story is meeting certain human needs within them. That's why they're doing it. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. And oftentimes a person won't give that up unless it's for a, a, for a higher, for a higher order, a higher vision. And the thing is, is to put your focus and your energy into the higher vision, into the higher order, regardless if you don't know how it's going to happen or how it's going to be done, keep writing it, keep talking it. Keep thinking it and stay away from things that take you out of the present. Like, you know, stay away from like, you know, the things and television and things like that, because they, they do bring back up the same things because yeah. that, that's the world that they propagate. It mm-hmm. has to be a different world. You must show yourself a different world. If you're continuing to show yourself the old world, then that's what your body is going to be responding to and feeling. So you must show yourself a different world or else show yourself the real world, the reality of the moment, the reality of now listening to the birds. Do you know what I mean? Breathing through your nose as you're listening to the birds and hearing the sounds. Then you're in the moment and it's gone. And like I call it the punisher, you know. So you grew up and you were maybe punished and then you're not punished anymore. The punisher's gone. So now you punish yourself, yeah. right? And you punish yourself because, because your condition is habitual. You're used, to, you're used to doing it. And sometimes you don't think else. But there's certain needs that people get out of that. But it's to let, it's to let go of that for your, for your hairy deal mm-hmm. and to continually, continually feed. So in the present moment, as you know, you have access to everything because you're in reality. You know, we can look at, you know, say the law of polarity, you know, negative and positive. And you've got some people out there that say, you know, oh, you just, you just need to keep being positive. But that's not really the truth mm-hmm. because you see, you know, there's, there's, there's two sides to every kind. So you have to deal with reality, what is, 
And the first thing is knowing it's okay. It's all right. You're here. You fucking survived. Yeah. You know what I mean? And now it's time to, now it's time to thrive. Mm-hmm. You look at all the pain that what you went through. Look what you were able to take. Look at the suffering that you fucking had. Mm-hmm. You're free of that now. You can do anything. You see, the exact same energy that it takes somebody to get majorly, majorly over base and overweight, or the same energy that it takes for somebody to continues to be a fucking addict, because that's really hard. Mm. You're just switching that energy. Mm. And if you were able to punish yourself really well, well, then you're going to be able to celebrate really well. You're going to be able to do really well. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. And I've seen a lot of people that have, that have come out of addictions and different things, and just... Yeah. It's almost that the rocket passed a lot of yeah. people. And the reason is, is because as soon as that person clicks into the reality of life, they think to themselves, there's so much catching up to do. Mm. You know what I mean? Do you know what it's like? It's, it's like, it's like, um, the surrendering is, I, I was speaking to GMs earlier on about it. It's like people in, in, in a caught up in addiction most of their lives are, are had really traumatic experiences as young kids and stuff. They have just fought their lives. They have fought their way through life. And when they do get into recovery, it's like when all these feelings and emotions do start coming up from, they're going to fight them as well. I'm not this, I'm not that. No, 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 you know. But we spoke about earlier on, it's not about fighting anymore. It's about surrendering into it. It's about failing it. Because these things just want to be freed as well. These trapped energies within you from experiences, from fear, from shame, from guilt, mm. of all the shit that may have happened in childhood, all the stuff that happened in addiction, they need to be freed. Mm. And that's where you're creating more energy for you to create a, the life you want, mm. that new life. Mm. But you said it there a while ago, write it down. Write down what you want. Do you know, write down, write it down and keep telling yourself, a vision board is another massive thing. Put your vision board up. I have a vision board at home in the shed. I know all I want. I have a priority list. I know what they are. You know, I know where I'm going. I know what I'm working towards at the moment. I know that, that there's a time limit, you know. Mm-hmm. But I'm taking the steps to meet those goals. You know, I'm not just sitting at home saying, Jesus, I wonder what's going to happen today. No, will, will, will I get a phone call or an auctioneer tell me I have to win a, 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 a lotto, mm-hmm. you know, where there's a bit of land out there and I won it. You know, that's never going to happen. But you're, you know? Yeah, and what you're touching on, because you can see what you're, you're you know, you... Yeah. Your whole focus is helping everybody out there. That's what I love about what you mm-hmm. guys are doing. Your passion and your energy is amazing. So it is what you're doing, you know. Forgiveness. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's really it. It's like you have to clear the decks, don't you, really? Mm. You have to sort of like, you know, because you know in your own trauma, you're still in your own trauma and you're blaming all the people. Yeah. And you're blaming everything. You're pointing them, but they only done this and that and that. They, they, you know, you're blaming. And like, it gets to the point where forgiveness, and then you go, I, and then it's easier people, oh yeah, I forgive them, I'm brilliant, I'm not. but you really have to forgive yourself too, don't you? Yeah. And it's like that point then you're going, well sure, the decks are clear, and I always say to people, like, you know, just breathe for a second, right? And realise the second before that you didn't think about breathing. You know what I mean? Like, and look, so your breath is automatically coming to you, and your blood's automatically circulating around your body, and all the cells are you know, all the cells are constantly living and dying and being renewed and everything's happening for us, like, mm. and everything's a gift. And like, you know, if you, if you bring yourself into reality, that is, re- that is reality. Mm. Do you know? Yeah, it's uh, and then you have the two things that keep a person, you know, two things that keep, that can get a person to whatever it is they want to be. But there are also the two things that keep a person stuck. 
And one of them is their story. What's the story? If you're talking about it, what's the story? And what's the new story? And creating the new story. You know, what's the story of your life? Mm-hmm. You know, like if after you're talking to somebody and you get over the wee, the niceties, what's the story then below that? And what's that story that you're focused on? Mm-hmm. That's one of the things. And the other thing is your state. Do you know, like a lot of people uh, sometimes don't be in a great state in the wintertime. And it's because in Ireland, it's because they're lacking vitamin D3. Mm. It's not because they're necessarily depressed or in, they may be malnourished. Mm-hmm. A lot of people don't get enough vitamin D3 in Ireland in the wintertime. If you have enough vitamin, liquid sunshine. Yeah. Mm-hmm. If you don't get, so if you don't get that, you're not going to feel great anyway. Yeah. The food that you're eating is a major part on it yeah. too, which is your state, the water that you're drinking. 2% dehydration equates to 20% lack in concentration. So I'm drink some water. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. So if you're 2% dehydrated, mm. it equates to 20% lack in concentration, concentration, but also 20% lack in performance. Mm. Jesus. Yeah. So, you know, and, and I think for people, we teach three things. We teach the science of achievement, that people achieve things because people want to win life, you know, mm. and we teach them emotional mastery because you have a better life if you can manage your emotions and mm. you can take charge your emotions then you can help other people that and then the art of fulfillment which is feeling fulfilled feeling good and feeling happy and the truth of it is is these things we weren't taught in school mm. because um they didn't think you needed to know them but the truth is you really need to know these things because these are things of, that we understand how to actually operate as a human being like an example like we all have biceps and quads and triceps right <laughs> but do we know that there's six inside muscles that we have. Do you know, like your intuition, mm. your imagination, you know, your memory, your mm. perception, your your will, you know. So the inside muscles and then how they work. Mm. And like we're really at a disadvantage in, in, you know, society because we don't, we haven't been taught how to operate as a human yeah. being. We, we have a thing created called System for Life and it shows a person then those things, how they, they operate as a human being and take, begins to teach them those things, you know. Um, and it, it, it's, it, I suppose, it's the things that you should, you, the things that you would probably do naturally anyway if you're left to your, if you're left to your own devices naturally, to be honest with you. Mm-hmm. But once you actually understand them, you can, you can change things and you can move the levers and you can do different stuff, you know. Like I said about the state, let me share this with you. So I said about the state. So what does that, what do I mean about the state? Your emotional state. Mm-hmm. So if you wake up and you're in a great state, emotional state, you're going to have a great day. Mm-hmm. You're going to have a fantastic day. But if you're not in a great state, mm-hmm. oh, well, if you're, well, how do you change it then if you're not in a great state? Okay. Well, there's, there's three fundamentals for your emotional state of mind. And the very first one is your physiology. It's the way you hold your body language, right? So years ago when people used to go to um, asylums that didn't have drugs back then, they used to get a pen and stick it in their mouth like this. Oh, yeah. And walk around like this. And the reason they had to walk around like that all day is because whenever you're smiling and you're smiling, you're not fucking right? So when you're smiling, you're not depressed. <laughs> so if you look at somebody that feels down, what is their physiology? What's their body language? It's down. The breathing's shallow. The face is down. The eyes are down. Everything's down. If you want to feel better, just bring it up a little bit. Do you know what I mean? Right? Just smile. Just smile. There's, there's a great video on YouTube um, where there's about 20 or 30 people on a train. <clears throat> and there's this guy just walks onto the train out of nowhere, sits down. There's not a word between any of them. Nobody's looking at each other. They don't even say thank you or anything. Next, all of a sudden, he just starts to laugh and laugh. And they're all looking at him and, saying, and laugh and laugh. And by 
two minutes, mm-hmm. everybody inside in that train is laughing. Yeah. You know, and it changes the whole dynamic of the, the carriage. Mm-hmm. You know? Yeah. It's just laughter. If, if, if you're down in the morning, right? Mm-hmm. If you're down and you're feeling, you're not feeling great about yourself. You know, it's something that a lot of people mm-hmm. don't. And I can speak about myself here. Some mornings I do wake up and I don't feel great. You know, but I know what I can do to boost that. I meditate. But there's another thing is, now you can go against yourself and just start laughing or watch something on YouTube that's funny. That laugh will change everything. Everything in your day, yeah. you know, and, and that's, I'm saying this from my own experience. I used to watch these videos every single morning. I was telling James earlier on, I used to get up at half past four every morning and study uh, how, how we work as human beings. And, and I wanted to change, you know, and I'd meditate, you know, and I, part of my routine was watching these videos and I was just, I was going into college and I was fucking, you know, and I was. Hello, how are you? Jesus. People that would never say hello to you, say hello to them. Oh, do you know, you'd think that they're a cranky old fucker or whatever. Yeah, yeah. But when you say hello to them, mm. the, new world. the whole thing changes <laughs> for them, like, oh, hi, how are you? You know, that's the fellow you taught last week. That was a cranky guest, but he wasn't. He was just, he just, he needed you to say the first hello. You know, and some point, sometimes that can be very important. Just to break the ice, be the first one to say hello. Because behind that, angry demeanor where something probably happened that person in their own life there's a person that really wants to get out and open up you know and and, and i think that's very important for people to understand that too and i learned yeah. that my own way because i had james you you know this yeah. i had a really really angry demeanor because i needed everybody to stay away because this demeanor was to protect the little boy timmy behind all this you know and I was a big macho fellow with tattoos and a big uh, angry face and all this shit, mm-hmm. you know. But no, it's not. Mm-hmm. No, it's it's mm-hmm. it's not there, you know. Mm-hmm. And 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 people just need to know that. Mm-hmm. Like but you even, don't have even, to be. Even up to a couple of weeks ago, there, yeah. um, I was going through a bit of a difficult time. You mm-hmm. know, issue ongoing with my neighbour. We live in a council flat, and yeah. my head was demented. Now the person I present today is kind of the usual the way I am, kind of happy enough. Kind of yeah. easy going, positive kind of vibe. And, uh, but for about two weeks, I was just stuck in a fucking ball of negativity, depression. I didn't, when I was coming home from work, myself and my wife, um, we didn't want to be in the house, you know, it was just a ball of negativity and we felt kind of powerless in it. Um, because we're saving for a mortgage, but we were still a good bit away and I just didn't see the end in sight. And I was just a ball of negativity and Timmy seen it written all over my face, you know what I mean? And we went down and we had a chat with a person that we all know, but I won't name his hair today. And um, the boys were talking to me about uh, Eckhart Tolle and the pain body and all this stuff I'd never heard of, you know. And it all sounded a bit airy-fairy now to me, to be honest with you, right? But I always kind of, the boys are in great shape. I want to kind of, you know, I'm always open to receiving information from people. Mm-hmm. But um, I started reading that book and I started learning about, like, um, the thoughts that I was thinking that that's not how I really am, you know, how I'm perceiving this whole situation, like, that's not really who I am, right. you know, and and in that book, he said, um, like, your senses are helpful, they put labels on stuff to help you understand it, but it doesn't really tell you exactly, like, what is a tree? You can look at the tree and say, well, that's a leaf and that's a bark, but who says you'll never know what a tree is because you're not the tree, and your mind doesn't know what you are either, it'll give you labels, 
and now you're available that you're depressed, angry, you're powerless. And I kind of started getting a bit of awareness around that. And I think, you know what? Yeah, that my thought knows telling me that I've no power here and I've no agency here, but I'm going to action everything, something each day. I'm going to do something each day to bring that mortgage closer to me. Yeah. And, you know, I'm very close to getting a house, you know. We've kind of doubled right. the money we had. We were probably sitting on an asset we didn't realise. I started engaged lateral thinking around it, you know what I mean? Getting creative about, you know, mm-hmm. to escalate it. Ringing the banks every day, I'm different mortgage brokers looking at houses, you know. Kind of getting more gratitude back into my life. And I, not two weeks later, I swear to God, I'm a different <coughs> person. Like, the same situation that was at home to me. This exact same neighbour, yeah. same carry on. But the, the the environment inside my home is much different and the outlook is way brighter. So, but it's just a little bit of awareness that the lads gave me, a little bit of a self-help book and away with me. Yeah. And a willingness yeah. to learn and an yeah. openness to yeah. receive it. Yeah. 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 You know, so. yeah, one of, like, I'll just say this about James. Like, he's yeah. one of the best people I've ever, ever, ever seen. Like, uh, pick stuff up. Like, we were speaking beforehand. It takes us a long time to retain information. This fella can read something once and that's it. Do you know? Yeah. Like I could be writing the power enough for the next hundred years and I still want to understand <laughs> as much as him. <laughs> do you know what I mean? But that's fine because I'm a feeler. Yeah, yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. I'm someone that connects through feelings and stuff mm. like that. Yeah. Do you know? Yeah. It's not, mm. it's not, a, for me it's mm. not about, uh, some academic stuff now is yeah. vital in terms of the spiritual person growing mm. and stuff because yeah. there's some terminology you need to understand yeah. to be able to, to feel stuff and, and go go with it, you know. Yeah. But um, but the point being, like, we're not our thoughts. No, correct. I mean, we're not our thoughts. Or, if, or, or our feelings. No. Like if you if that moment you are, but you're not your thoughts, your feelings, yeah. nor your actions. How could you run a hundred marathons in a hundred days if you were believing your thoughts? Because yeah. logically, that can't happen. Yeah. You know, like, yeah. people think, you know, it's very hard for me to even imagine, like, somebody can actually do that. But that's my thoughts limiting myself. Yeah. And you were able to push through yeah. that, which is unbelievable. And it is interesting that you say that because the way that I broke it down to myself, right, was I thought to myself, I was like, well, if I can run five miles for 30 days in a row, of course I'll be able to do 100 marathons in 100 days. Cause I think in terms of reps, Jim. So, you know, and when I was doing the 40 miles, it was basically, I was doing four reps at 10. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. and then I was staying in the present moment. Yeah. I was listening, so when I was, I would meditate before yeah. I'd go out to run, 20 minutes, get myself connected, listen to the birds, and then I'd just be in life. That was it. Completely connected to, to yeah. nature, like. Yeah, because, exactly, because yeah. the mission's already set. Mm. The, de- the destination's set, the mission's set. I just gotta enjoy the journey. Mm. And even, yeah. even the running, that's another form of meditation. Yeah, 100%. I've done it before. Like when I've been out running, I used to have that ruminating mind in early recovery, the self-critic, you're not good enough, you're bad, you're this, you're that, you're... and this was running or any form of physical uh, work, you know, I used to have this kind of really negative and it stopped me for actually training for a while because any time my body would go on any form of stress, it would start coming up with a lot of critical stuff for me. So I stopped for a while and until I was able, but my point is, is what I started to do then while I was out running was breath just stay in my breath and I started when I was running then I was starting to notice my awareness was really attached to the nature a little bit it's very very enlightened like 
walking around the place or even running around and everything is a lot brighter. My senses are a lot stronger, you know. It's amazing, amazing stuff. And, and you know, running is, a lot of people say running is what saved their lives because you said it earlier, if there's something going on at home, get out and go for the run. Some people go over the walk. It takes that really yeah. angry energy out of you, don't yeah, it? It does, yeah. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Definitely knows. It burns it already. Yeah. <laughs> for sure. Yeah. yeah. And then you get to the place where, where you're talking about and you're running and you're meditating yeah. and you're listening to the boards and it's just great. Yeah. It goes back to that thing you said earlier on, like a practical thing, like what? Well, let's look at the physiology of it. And if you go for a run, you'll yeah. never come back in a worse humor than when you started, you know? Yeah. You'll always, cause it's that physical thing that the releases, the endorphins, the serotonin, that chemical thing that you get from physical aerobic exercise, especially. But, um, before we finish up, do you want to tell us a little bit about your retreats? Um, oh yeah, sure. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. We, we run, uh, living your epic adventure retreats here in Creek and Wellness Centre. It's actually a 90 day program that we run, you know, so people start off and they come here for the weekend mm. and we help them do better in their businesses and better in their life or better in their career and better in their life and better in their relationships. And then they come and help us, uh, with the, with the good work that we do then after that. And, mm. uh, it's myself and, uh, and James McGrath and Gavin McGrath and Nicky Cullen and Catherine Wife as a, as a team. And we're, we're excited to yeah. be, to be helping people and really, I suppose, in, in a lot of ways, we're, we're teaching people and educating people as well, too. Mm. We're giving people a great experience, mm. but we're educating them then how to have a better life and, mm. and how to live better. And mm. That's fantastic yeah. work. So that's no, and I just want to give James a big shout out again, dear lad. James. James. Yeah. 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 Hey, yeah. I want to <laughs> give your a big shout out there. Yeah. <laughs> and just even Creedence yeah. Lodge, is it? Or Creedence? Creedence. Yeah, yeah. If anybody wants to check yeah. it out, they can, yeah. our website's uh, steviej.com. So it's yeah. S-T-V-Y. It's, it's a beautiful place here. It's, it's absolutely gorgeous. beautiful, and even the ambience here, you know, the, yeah. it's fully relaxed. Yeah, it's beautiful. Came into the courtyard there earlier on, and it was just, yeah. oh, and, I, and we have services, just we were talking about the services, we have services right through, like we, we begin with this. This is it. This is like people begin with this 90, this 90 day, and it's like we teach people how to win, mm-hmm. how to be happy. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and how to be balanced, and how to stay balanced. Yeah. And then after that, then they can come to the other things we do. We also do, we're doing one in Cyprus as well. And we're going to be doing one in the jungle. Oh. Called Only the Brave. But it all begins with this one here at the yeah. start. Begin at home. Begin at home. Yeah. And I, I, I've seen the results of these works, these events at home with, with people that yes. I've known all my life. And that's how we're here, isn't it? The yeah. results were f- yeah. phenomenal. Like, yeah, I want know. to experience it now as yeah. well. We will too. We, yeah. we, we will definitely come to James an event. Is, yeah. Definitely. Yeah. He's yeah. in here and you just love it. Because yeah. you're leaders and you're yeah. going to do so much. You're already, yeah. you're already helping so much. Yeah. And, uh, but like, I, I always like to say, me and James do it. Happen, say, we're, but you're only cutting your teeth like ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. We're only cutting our teeth. Mm-hmm. But together we'll help a lot more. We'll yeah. help a lot more and keep our lip like 100%. Yeah. Yeah, Definitely. look, it was an absolute pleasure to speak to you. Thank you, James. A, you know, it's a, um, there's a great energy off you. I don't know, it's very easy to sit with you and speak with you. I could have talked for another couple of hours easily. Yeah. You know, and uh, I've heard a lot from Timmy and another one or two people, and uh, you didn't disappoint. You know, it was well, they, they built you up, but you know, I can see why. So, thanks a million for coming on the podcast. It was an honor to talk to you. Thank you, man. Thank you, James. Thank yes. you, James. Thank very you, much, Steve. Thank you, man. Yeah. An honor thank to be here. Much. Thank you very yeah. much. Brilliant. Really Brilliant. appreciate it. And keep yeah. let's keep up the good work, man. Not a bother. First class. We will. Thank you. We will. We've known. We we're going to keep going and keep doing our thing and doing what we can to to help everyone, not just people that have similar backgrounds to us, but everybody that needs it. Like 
you know, if, if we, yeah. our thing really is just educating people about um, social issues and addiction and mental health and everything yeah. else like that. In yeah. Anybody struggling, this is relevant for them. Yeah. So hi to everybody at home and thanks, thanks for watching and we see you later. Right. Hi everybody, thanks for listening to the podcast uh, Don't forget to like and subscribe And don't forget to head over to the Patreon If you'd like to help us Thanks again Ever catch yourself eating the same Flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby It's me, Kiki Palmer Let's wake up those taste buds With hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken Or garlic-butter shrimp scampi mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And it's all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns.